When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Latart on Location. I'm your host, Steve Latart, and folks, when you've spent more than 20 years of your life traveling the road, first as a NASCAR crew chief, and now as an analyst on NBC, you are bound to meet some interesting characters along the way. With Latart on Location, I try to bring you closer to some of these personalities I've connected with in a whole bunch of great locations. So sit back and get ready for some off-the-grid conversation. All right, it's not a guest this week on Latart on Location. It's two guests. It's actually a mother-daughter duo, an Australian duo, both race car drivers. Uh, one currently is the race car driver and one currently the crew chief. We have Bridget and Sarah Burgess. So Bridget, I'm going to start with the race car driver because no offense to the crew chief, uh, Sarah, but you'll learn as I've learned, the crew chief takes the backseat to the driver. That's just yeah. how it is. So first of all, <laughs> Uh, thank you for joining me on the podcast. Bridget, I have so many questions, um, but the first has to be, how does a 19-year-old from Australia end up driving in Canon on the West Coast or ARCA now on the West Coast of the U.S.? That just seems to be a crazy connection. Uh, how did you possibly end up here and in an ARCA car? Um, well, my parents always had the dream of like moving to America and going racing. Like That's something that they're committed to. Um, and when we first moved here, I was only like six or seven years old and they originally started off in drifting and like, I thought the cars were really cool. Um, I wasn't really sure about driving cause I was just really young at the time, but, um, the more I, I grew up around it and just hung out at the race shop, I like just really loved it. And it wasn't until my mom got an off-road where I was like, I want to like start racing and I really pushed my parents on it. Um, we didn't really have the funding for it. We had to wait a little. I had to work on my mom's truck to learn how to fix it, learn how to use the tools. And then um, I finally got into it in 2017, uh, just for regional stuff. And- Borrowing my truck. Yeah, I was using my mom's <laughs> off-road truck until I got my own. Um, and then it wasn't until 2018 where I got my own truck and I liked off-road, but every weekend I was watching NASCAR. <laughs> so um, at the same time, I was like, man, I like off-road, but I really do want to get into asphalt racing. Um, I didn't entirely know how to get into it at that time. And in 2019, I think it was like July or something. It was my, the Gene Sonoma race. The Gene Sonoma race in California. Uh, we met Bill McAnally and oh. he like said, you need to like start getting into asphalt straight away. And he's like, he's starting asphalt modifieds or lane models. And we looked into it and the asphalt modifieds were more in our budget. And uh, we found one out of a barn for like $4,500. <laughs> we didn't even know if it would run or anything. We we're just like, you know, this is the only thing that's in our budget. So we'll buy that one. And um, I worked on it with my dad. And then 
uh, it wasn't until we got it running like a, a week or so after we got it. Mm -hmm. So we, we don't have an asphalt oval track in the state of Utah. So I would have to drive up to Idaho with my parents and we would run at Magic Valley Speedway and did a couple of uh, races there. And I was racing a $4,500 modified against other people who had $40,000 motors in their modified. So it was it was really funny, but um, out of the 13 modifieds, I started rear fields on my first race and I finished fifth. So my parents were like, well, she didn't suck, so we'll continue going on with it. <laughs> so um, it was it was an experience. So the more I got into it, the more I loved it. And then uh, after doing all those races, we're like, okay, we'll rent a car out to rent. The, at the time, it was called Caden West. And we rented a car from John Woods. And I enjoyed it. It was interesting of like learning how different they do drive from an asphalt modified just with the weight of the car and horsepower. So, but I loved it. It was really fun. Um, so yeah, after that, it was just like, okay, we'll keep doing it. And then uh, when 2020 came along and we had the whole COVID thing go down, uh, it, was a bit, it was a bit of a struggle, but uh, Bill McNally gave us the opportunity. He loaned us the car. It was basically a gift. He said, you take care of it and you can run it for the whole year. And that's what we did. And uh, it led us to getting our own car. So we're like, you know, let's keep doing this. So that's how we got into it. And that's amazing. So I, I love, um, I'm a big fan of any race car driver that starts with a wrench uh, in their hand, just because while they don't have to be the best mechanic, um, I, I think it helps them at least understand just conceptually how things bolt together. So, so my question is when you were, when you were working on your mom's off-road truck, was there always this desire to drive it or were you happy? Because me, I never had the desire to drive. I, I think I just either never had the confidence or no, I couldn't do it. You know, what gave you the confidence to move from mechanic crew member to driver? Um, it's a tough question. I, I would say like just continuously watching my mom race and then watching everyone else race in different series. I, I don't know, there was something where I had the adrenaline where I just wanted to race and go fast myself. Uh, it was frustrating at times because it was like, dang it, I'm working on a truck, I'm not racing it. And um, yeah, it was, I think it was a bunch of like teenage frustration of just wanting to go fast. <laughs> That's a good problem to have. So mom, I'm gonna ask you as the driver of this off-road truck, um, did you ever have in the back of your mind, look, I think, I think Bridge is gonna be a driver herself. Um, not, I mean, not initially, I guess, like when we started in 2015, like when I started off-road in 2015 and, um, you know, we just had so much focus and, and she would, you know, she would just be there, um, you know, and, and yeah, having that sort of conversation with her as, as she was getting older, it's like, um, we, where we lived in California, we actually lived on a, a large property and we're like, well, let's just, Let's, hey, let's see if she can touch the gas pedals. Like, that's a good start. Um, and just see if she could physically handle it. And it was kind of like, every time we put her in there, I was like, okay, this is this is getting bad for us because it's going to start getting expensive. <laughs> um, but it was, I mean, she, like, I'm competitive. Her dad's competitive. I guess it's just a natural process that she's going to have that competitive fight in her as well. Um, on the Like, just on that competition side. And and like I said, I mean, there was never a time where we um, were hesitant about what she could and couldn't do. Being like, yeah, it's also being sensible 
in a large moving vehicle that's got horsepower as well. So there were a lot of things that um, as parents, it, the, the risk and the danger and the injuries is kind of like a second thought because I've raced in my trucks. So I know how safe they are. Right. And so I wasn't ever worried about that, but yeah, it was just, you know, like, like we were happy with the fact that she listened and she did as she was told and she didn't do anything silly. And, and, uh, and that natural progression just, um, you know, really happened. But the hardest thing was, was like the pro, the pro light trucks that we both raced is so labor intensive. Um, like, like when we have two trucks running in the same class and we're racing against each other and there's me, Bridget, Adam, um, and, like my husband, her dad, and then, uh, you know, we'd have two or three crew guys and we would just be hustling um, and it was exhausting. And that was probably the hardest thing that we had to work with. Like, that's why she really definitely had to work on her stuff. I did that. Yeah, that sounds it. It sounds exhausting just hearing about all the work that goes into it. You know, it's funny. So I have a 17 year old son who drives some and, and I cherish those moments because in today's technology world, right? Um, I'm just not that cool, I think, as a 41 year old dad. So I didn't think my teenager wants to hang out with me. Um, and that's really where I want to go next, right? It's not just an up and coming young driver, Bridget, but, but it's family run. Family gets to work on it. Uh, in today's world of so many distractions, so many opportunities, I'm going to ask uh, daughter first before I get to parent. I'm going to start with, uh, do you do you just, what's your thoughts, I guess, what it's like to not only race, but get to do it with your parents? Um, I definitely do love it. I just like having our own car. Like it's, I'm sure sometimes like it does get emotional because we are family and it's something that we all love. But I enjoy it so much because we have our road trips. We're in a toter home together, pulling the hauler. And, um, and we just like talk about what we're like gonna do for the race. And then on the drive home, we're talking about what happened during the race and just being able to be together as a family. I enjoy it because when it's just a day-to-day -day basis, it's just my dad and myself at the garage and then my mom's at her office working. And then sometimes we'll get together and be able to work usually on the weekends. Um, but we're usually just always busy. It's like we wake up, go to work and then go home and then go, like just repeat ourselves. So there's a lot of hustle in our house. <laughs> Man, it sounds like it's uh, amazing um, that everybody's able to work on the same thing. I want to talk right behind you says gear wrench there. So I understand as well as anybody, the challenge of motorsport. I love motorsport. I've made my entire life in motorsport. My dad's in racing. Um, but one of the challenges, and it, this isn't a NASCAR conversation, this is a motorsport worldwide conversation. Talk about the challenges, the financial challenges of, of trying to manage how much money you can raise by how much money you can spend, because <laughs> no matter where you're racing, I've learned someone is spending more and trying to go faster. It, it is, um, it is absolutely the biggest challenge. Um, you know, if we don't, if we don't get the sponsorship, then we don't go on race and, you know, uh, our, like, we're very, we're actually very boring people. Um, <laughs> I don't believe that. Now if you lost me. See, listen, I was believing everything until the, oh, we run off road trucks and now we run in Arca, but we're boring people. I don't know. Everything, everything goes straight into racing. It's kind of like we, we haven't been on a vacation. Like, you know, the closest thing we get to going on vacation is, oh, hey, we're going to a PRI show in December. Like that's our vacation. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's kind of the world we live in. Um, but, you know, moving, um, we moved to America in 2008 and 
like I've been in the industry for 20 years. Like I wrench, I fabricate, I run a CNC machine. Like this is all stuff back in Australia. Um, I've tuned cars, I've sat in a dyno. But when I moved here, it was kind of like, we had this, this arrogancy about us. Hey, we're Australian and we're gonna build a Mazda 26B4 rotor. And we're gonna do the most unique stuff and stand out and corporate America is gonna love us and everything else. And it was a, a huge reality check on like, there's millions of other people doing the exact same thing. Um, and, uh, you know, it was a learning process and like, and I do all the proposals and all the networking and everything else. And it's, it's a full-time job um, to, you know, shake hands and, and meet with the right people and make sure you're on the right path. And, and then depending on how the economy is going, like we moved here in 2008, it wasn't exactly the best time to move to another country, <laughs> but, you know, we made it work. Um, cost of living in America is so much cheaper than in Australia, but uh, it, it is a, it's a nonstop process. Um, I appreciate like all the other thousands of people that are involved with sports marketing and uh, you know, and, and the effort that it takes and um, and understanding that process on how to build relationships and communicate. It's, it, yeah, it's tough work. A lot of people don't realize it. You live with 500 rejections to get one yes and, and it can be pretty demoralizing sometimes. Yeah, it's a huge machine and um, very competitive. So many people out there looking for those marketing dollars. So, so Bridget, why marketing is the real life challenge of motorsport, uh, the fun part's the driving. And you, you now you've got to run some arc on the West Coast, uh, Phoenix. I know the bull run out in Vegas. So uh, of your experience, give me the track, the one track you love the best to drive. Um, I'm really starting to like Phoenix. Like when I first went there, um, I wasn't intimidated by the, tr the, um, the track. It was more of like, man, how is this car actually going to go? It's like the oldest car in the field. Uh, yeah, the old steel body on there. So I was kind of like, you know, questioning a bit, but like I have confidence in my team. So going back there a second time with a better car, I did really enjoy Phoenix. Um, just, I love testing how close I can like get to the wall. I was looking at the pictures. I was like, man, I got it pretty close there, but I think I could go a bit closer. But um, I do like Phoenix. Um, the Bullering in Las Vegas is definitely one of my favorites too. Uh, I don't know. There's something about that track where I just love it. And then that's the same with all American speedway, the little short track in Roseville, California. So those three tracks are so far my favorite. And so your, your ARCA plans for the season, uh, what does your schedule look like? How many do you plan to take part in? What kind of tracks are you going to go to? Perhaps the biggest track, are you going to get to any bigger speedways other than Phoenix? Um, so our goal for 2021, we're, we're just going to do the ARCA Menards West, the full series. Um, full season, I should say. And then we're trying to do a couple East Coast races, yeah. um, such as Watkins Glen, uh, just to, like to focus on road course also. And then, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, we, we've got the budget to do um, the West series. And then it's just, you know, if the opportunity arises, the right, comes about the right way to be able to do like some East races, uh, even maybe a showdown or ARCA race. Uh, I mean, it, we're always looking at it. I mean, Nashville was on our calendar, but at the moment it's kind of, it, it's a bit of a tough one to get to. Uh, Watkins Glen is one that we'd absolutely love to do, but it's a super tight turnaround when you have, I think maybe a week or so, and you only have one car to go from an oval to a road course and right. the challenge is there. Uh, 
the, I mean, the reason why we kind of lean on that road course side of things is just with our race shops based at Utah Motorsports Campus. Okay. So Bridget has access to a road course track. Like she's going to the gym every day. Like she can go do a half an hour session or an hour session out on the track and get into that rhythm and everything else. So she's, she's got those tools at her disposal. It's just, um, you know, it comes down to that time and money thing as always. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and road courses to your point is a big shift. We see the NASCAR cup series now has seven on the series. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of conversation about where it's going to go. I think the fan base loves them. I love them. You keep talking about Watkins Glen, uh, one of my favorites. Um, it's breathtaking. That top S, that top last right hand S looks like it's a simple corner. I can assure you it's nothing simple about it. It's a, it's kind of a, a slippery off camber. Great place. Sonoma is a great place. Hopefully uh, we'll get to see. We didn't get to see Sonoma on the schedule last year because of the pandemic. So it, it's some crazy times. So I, I want to talk some more about your upcoming plans, what you have going on. Um, but Sarah, I have to ask. So, so I have seen your all's name in these races. I've seen them in the rundowns, but then the video clip from that, the, the famous one man band pit stop uh, in Phoenix, I'll have to admit, um, I love my children and I love NASCAR, but that might've been the line for me. Like, I think if my son pulled in and be like, Hey, you got to do this all on your own. I'd be like, no, you're going to have to get out and help. Like, like I'm not, I love you, but I don't love you this much. So this is some true love for, for her mother and for her daughter to do a one man pistol. So I really want to know entering the race to explain to the fans. I think I understand, but I'll let you do it in your own words. When you look at the length of the race, was this an expected pit stop, unexpected pit stop? How did you get to be the one man band in Phoenix? I, I did have one person help me. So I wasn't completely on my own. So okay. it, I, it was probably a, pretty entertaining to everybody watch me jack up the car. So. <laughs> um, but it, uh, it was, well, she did slap the wall at Phoenix um, last year. And, uh, and that was kind of like, oh my God, you know, what am I going to do? And jumped on the back of the car and tried to fix that up and, and was pulling out the front fender and I got in trouble for not having gloves on. So it was just like, you know, that I forgot about all the specific NASCAR rules of safety. Um, but it, you know, it's what, like, I've been an athlete all my life. Um, like I, from BMX when I was five to chasing the Olympic dream when I was a teenager. So I'm somewhat fit, like a little. Um, that was many, many years ago. So it's kind of, I guess it's that adrenaline, like, hey, man, I got to get this done. This is how we're going to do it. I, and and the hard part is, is that we have had people like, hey, I'll help you out. And I'm like, yeah, but it's $90 for the single license fee. And we're already running on a, on a tight budget, you know, and it's just, it's like, I really appreciate the help, but it's still, there's still money involved to, to have people help. So, you know, it's just, I guess it's, um, chasing that dream and you just do everything you possibly can to go chase that dream. It's something that I, I've lived and um, grown and lived by um, throughout my entire life. And I just take that same heart and soul into it to help Bridget achieve her goals. And, um, you know, like where wherever this leads to, I mean, here we are, we're, we're already sitting here going, okay, what's gonna happen when we get through 2021 season? what does 2022 look like? And, and, you know, that's already presenting challenges. So it's just, we just keep figuring it out. Yeah. That was really my next question. So, so Bridget, you know, um, help the race fan understand you're a 19 year old race car driver who has some experience on the West coast, trying to make your way in the asphalt stock car world that 
I, I want to say is East Coast based because NASCAR is mostly here, but there's really racing all across the country. Um, you talked, you're going to run full Canon or ARCA. See, old habits are hard to base. Still Canon to me. I know it's ARCA now. I'm old, but is that like a full ARCA West. <laughs> What's that? Is that like you got to point put a coin in the swear jar every time you say that? Oh, I'm telling you, it's, um, yeah. It, so, so you, you'll laugh, but um, I get to do Xfinity and cup races and I'm good on cup, but Xfinity, those Penske cars and the Gibbs cars, when they keep changing their drivers and their paint schemes on Saturdays, like, like it's easy to have the wrong, it's embarrassing to say, but it's easy to have the wrong cup driver in the wrong Penske car. And uh, they're gonna, man, you're never gonna hear it. So yeah, it's like a tip in the swear jar for sure. Um, so, so what's the pathway? When you close your eyes at night and dream about being a professional race car driver, perfect world, funding aside, what is your pathway to go from a, an ARCA West driver to, to running in NASCAR on the East Coast? Um, we, we're definitely trying to do our best for it. We're, and no budget. Oh, if I have like a limited <laughs> yeah, no budget. budget. No budget. No, no budget. Who do you want to drive? Well, let's start this way. I'm going to make it a make-believe world. No budget. <laughs> Give me a car you want to drive. Give me a team, a team owner, a car you'd like to drive for. Well, if, for trucks, I would definitely want to go into GMS. <laughs> um, I do like GMS and then uh, for Xfinity, I think it would have to go with uh, Junior Motorsports. And then for a cup, I'm thinking Chip Ganassi. Like, I don't know. I, ah. um, <laughs> Chip's got some swagger. Chip's a good, listen, like uh, when you talk about, uh, you know, motorsport owners, Chip, Chip Roger, I mean, Chip's a lot of swagger, sports car, IndyCar, NASCAR. Yeah. That's my kind of owner. She got to see their what their shop a while ago, and yeah, it was. I was amazed. I couldn't <laughs> believe it, but um, just going in there and like getting a tour, I just it was my first like NASCAR Cup tour, so um, I I loved it so much. So like yeah, after that I was like, man, I really want to drive for Chip Ganassi. Like this is an amazing team. Um, he has an amazing crew. So yeah, I think I'm really focused on that. So, so where do you go? So you have Phoenix. Uh, help me with the ARCA schedule. So we had Phoenix, uh, and that was March 12th, and then the next race will be in June, and that's for Sonoma, California. And the, then the following race after that is July 3rd in Irwindale, California. And then after that, it would be Colorado, uh, Colorado National Speedway. Correct? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then? And then back to Irwindale. <laughs> I like Irwindale. Those are good tracks, though. So I love Sonoma. I was fortunate enough to uh, go there with Jeff Gordon and get a win. Pretty good guy to drive out there. So I didn't have to do much. Just don't run it out of gas uh, and everything went good. <laughs> have you been around Sonoma yet? Um, I've No, I have never driven on track. I've only watched NASCAR Cup and Canon there. Uh, so I am really excited for that one. Uh, I think it's – what I like about road course is that it's a driver skill track. Like – if you don't have the skull, it's going to show. So I think just going to road course, it will help me out a lot. And I have a ton of sea time on a road course. So I'm super pumped for that. <laughs> I agree. I think uh, that's well put. I think um, that's the same with Portland too. We have that later on this year yeah. um, up in Washington state, Oregon, Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> Oregon. So yeah, we, um, and that's actually tied in with the, the IndyCar race, uh, which is really neat. Like I love the fact that, um, ARCA created that platform for the, the races and the teams to be on the same weekend as a cup race 
Um, you know, like with, with two Phoenix races, the, the Las Vegas race will be the same weekend as the Cup weekend. Um, you know, Sonoma is the same weekend as the Cup weekend. And of course, uh, IndyCar as well for our Portland race. So, you know, they're the little things that really help um, shine light on on the ARCA series. And it is something that we can, we go back to that sponsorship side of things and it, and it helps us, you know, build up our, our profile and what we're doing eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. You listen to Latart on location. We have a combo platter uh, on this podcast. We have Bridget and Sarah Burgess, a mother-daughter combination. Uh, I'm going to call them both drivers because Sarah has driven that off-road truck. Bridget currently driving in the ARCA series on the West Coast. So, uh, Sarah, I guess the question I have for you is we know Bridget's plans on the asphalt tour, but how about the off-road truck? Do you still drive it some? Is it only in the garage? Do you get behind the wheel anymore? Or do you, nice. you get to kind of flex those muscles as a driver anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I, I miss it. I mean, I mean off-road racing is so much fun. It's just, it's there's a whole other element. And, and it was quite funny because when we came from drifting and we got into the off-road truck, like drifting is on asphalt, tire smoke, you know, it's a really stable platform. And then when we got into off-road and it's like I'd never jumped anything and I'd never raced on dirt. And uh, we got on track and we're going up like what they call a step up as a track in Lake Elsinore. And I radio back to, to my husband because he was spotting for me. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell we've just gotten ourselves into, but this is insane. Um, and to go from that fear to I'm flying my truck 15 feet in the air um, is very, very cool. So, it's you know, <laughs> so we got to like the end of 2019 and um, you know, it was just one of those things where we wanted to put the focus on a Bridget, uh, you know, and just work with that. Of course, there were, I had a, an offer come through from the racetrack to work for them. Um, so that was a really great opportunity. And so it was a really great transition period to focus everything to Bridget on her asphalt and for me to actually work a desk job in an office. Um, you know, and, and maybe do a little bit more mum stuff instead of being this race car driver. So, <laughs> um, so Bridget, one... I'm sure, I'm Sorry. sure Bridget knows this. Um, and the last thing you want to hear this is from me because I tell my kids the same thing, but uh, you're definitely lucky to have a mom and dad that will support your racing career. Uh, I think it's pretty awesome. And not just, and I don't mean financially or time. I just know um, like competition man, it's, it's emotional like ups and downs racing is anything but easy yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah it's tough at times but like we managed to get through it uh but i don't know i think it's just because we love the sport so much like we'll always put it aside and continue on with our job of what we need to go do to go to the next race yeah um, no it, it's kind of it takes everything uh to get there listen I can't thank you guys enough for your time. Uh, I can't wait to follow along uh, on this West Coast 
I, I made my notes, right? We're going to Irwindale. We got uh, up in Portland. I've never been to Portland. I've never been to the Colorado racetrack you mentioned. So maybe I'll find myself at one, uh, one of these races out there. Uh, it's great for you. I appreciate you coming on the pod, giving us your time. Uh, most important thing is, is if you're chasing your dream, I think it's great for the fans to get to know you guys and get to know who you are. The one negative of racing is once you put that helmet on and climb in the car, it's hard to understand the personality that's inside it. So it's great to get you on camera, on the microphone, out from behind the steering wheel so everybody can understand who they're cheering on. Thank you for having us. Well, this has been another episode of Latart on Location. As always, subscribe, rate, and review. Hit me up on social media, at Steve Latart on both Twitter and Instagram. We appreciate you following. And let me know who we should talk to next. <laughs>